Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Stay tuned. In last week's blog post entitled Table Non-U.S. versus U.S. Vendors for U.S.-Based Entities, it was a short one where I listed a table that showed the different forms, tax numbers, as well as the different validations for the address banking and watch list for non-U.S. versus U.S. vendors. On today's podcast, I will go into more detail about validations for non-U.S. vendors for U.S.-based entities. I will end the podcast by telling you about an ongoing chance to win a free Putting the AP in Happy coffee mug. Okay, well, welcome to episode 18, U.S.-based entities, explanations for non-U.S. vendor validations. So the first one is the legal name and tax ID. And just as a disclaimer, I am not a tax professional. W-8s and which forms are applicable can be very complex. Seek accounting advice as needed. One example as needing to seek professional accounting advice is if you do have a foreign vendor that is an individual, in certain scenarios, you may be required to collect the birth date. But let's go ahead and assume you have a legal name and a tax ID for your foreign vendor. They have submitted the IRS W-8 applicable version. The reason to validate, of course, is the same as a W-9 U.S. vendor, is that you want to confirm that the vendor is registered with the IRS and that proves that the vendor is not fraudulent and that you or your company will not result in B notices from the IRS due to legal name and tax ID mismatches. Now, how to validate? It is free if you register on the irs.gov website for their e-services. Note, it can take some time to register and you do have to provide your most recent tax year, AGI. There is also a paid option. 10check.com will allow uh, searches for IRS legal name and tax ID, among other validations. Um, You do have to sign up for a subscription plan, and I do not receive any affiliate revenue. It is just a a good service where you can get, for example, your IRS 10 match along with OFAC and some other validations that you can get as a one-stop shop versus going to the separate sites to validate. Again, that is 10check, T-I-N-C-H-E-C-K dot com.
So speaking of OFAC, that is the next validation and is the Office of Foreign Assets and Controls. And you want to verify that the vendor is not on the specially designated nationals list. And just like U.S. vendors, non-U.S. vendors that appear on this list should not be set up in your vendor master file. If there is a vendor match, please notify your leadership for further action. Compliance with OFAC regulations is required for all U.S. individuals and entities. Failure to comply can result in both civil and criminal penalties. Now, the required document that you would use is the IRS W-8 for the legal name and then how to validate. You can validate that free on the U.S. Treasury website or again, there is the paid option with 10check.com via a subscription plan. So let's look at some additional tax registration numbers that can be applicable to foreign vendors. The first one is VAT, which is value added tax. And the reason you want to validate is because VAT is an international country level sales tax that your company's tax team may need to use to reclaim VAT that is added to invoices paid. And so your required document for that VAT number is the invoice which usually carry it or you can request it from the vendor. And since it is a European Union tax, you can validate that for free on the European Commission tool. And I will include that link on the vendor validation reference list that you can download on my site. Now, the next three tax registration numbers are for Canada. The first one is GST or goods and services tax. The next one is HST or harmonized sales tax. And both of these can be validated on the Government of Canada website. And the purpose of collecting and validating these numbers are one, your tax team may need them to recoup any taxes paid. And then two, it is another validation to confirm that your vendor is actually real. Now, the third one for Canada is the business number. And you validate the business number on the Canada Revenue Agency or the CRA website and you are required to collect the business number from the vendor if you are a government. So just to repeat, there are three Canada taxes that can be validated. GST for goods and services tax, HST for the harmonized sales tax, and then also the business number. Now, the last set of tax registration numbers that I have to go over for uh, non-U.S. vendors is the GST for India. And you would validate on the government of Maharashtra Department of Goods and Services Tax website. And hopefully I said that government name correctly. So just to recap the tax registration numbers, um, the VAT, which is the value added tax that is applicable in the European Union countries, also the GST and HST number for 
Canadian vendors, and then the GST that is applicable for India vendors, and then lastly, the business number, which is also applicable for Canadian vendors. And the purpose of validating these tax registration numbers are really twofold. One, it's an additional verification that the vendor is real, and then two, even though the vendor maintenance team may not be filing 1042s for using these tax registration numbers, the tax team will be able to accurately file and perhaps recoup taxes paid in those countries. So the next thing we're going to look at for validations for non-U.S. vendors is the banking details. And just a quick note here for those that are using the early warning program where you can verify the bank account name and the bank account number. Um, it is not available outside of the United States as of the published date of this podcast, which is Sunday, February 17th. 2019. So there will be no way to validate the bank account name and the bank account number for non-U.S. vendors. Now, if there's a program out there or a company that can validate the bank account name and the bank account number for foreign vendors that perhaps you or your company are using, please leave that in the comments for the podcast and we will get that out so that everyone can take advantage of that service. Okay, so banking details. So the required document um, needs to be the vendor letterhead, the bank letter, or a company branded banking setup form, which is what I recommend because you can add the fields and the information that you want the vendor to complete in order to set them up for EFT or wire payments. And I know that many international companies will have their banking included on their invoice, but I don't recommend using the invoice for this purpose because it could be a fictitious invoice or the banking information could be old and stale. Um, But if you do take that banking information from the invoice, just make sure you validate that the bank account number is the same across multiple vendor invoices. So make sure you check that against multiple invoices and not just one if you do take the banking information from the vendor's invoice. So for those countries that do not require an IBAN, you are going to be validating the SWIFT or the BIT code. And the reason that you want to validate is to ensure that international ACH or wire payments are processed successfully. Now countries that do not require an IBAN will have a BIC code or SWIFT code along with a bank account number. And the validation for the SWIFT or the BIC code is free. There is an online BIC search tool and it is located at SWIFT.com. Now, BIC stands for the Business Identifier Code, and it is an international standard for identification of institutions within the financial services industry. Now, if you have a vendor that is in a country that requires an IBAN, again, the reason that you need to validate is to ensure that the international ACH or wire payments are processed successfully. The IBAN is required for all bank accounts in the EU countries plus Norway, Switzerland, 
Liechtenstein, and Hungary. The IBAN is made up of a code that identifies the country, the account belongs to, the account holder's bank, and the account number itself. So how to validate the IBAN? So there is no regulated validation for the IBAN. My suggestion is that in addition to the company branded banking setup form I recommended, that you have the vendor attach their bank letter indicating the IBAN to verify that it is correct. Now, if you Google it, there are some free tools out there to ensure that the format that you've been given for the IBAN is correct based on the country, but those cannot validate the entire IBAN because it does include the account number itself. Now, there are some third-party um, sites out there with a paid subscription plan, and they will validate the IBAN uh, format, again, based on the country, because some of those Google sites can be out of date. And I've seen where we've tried to validate the IBAN on, on one site, it's correct on another site it's not and so it's kind of hard to tell and that's why I really like getting that information from the bank along with the company branded banking setup form but you do have options to pay for the validation of the format by country there are websites that provide that service so the next thing that you need to validate is the address and just like the U.S. vendors you want to confirm that your non-US vendors are not fraudulent and they are not attempting to use an address that does not exist. In addition, it reduces the potential that check payments or distributed 1042s will be returned causing rework for the team. Also, it will standardize the address formats based on the country and in accordance with the Universal Postal Union's formats. Now, the required document is the IRS W-8 version. It also can be the invoice if the remit address is different than the legal address or the tax address, or it can be a fully executed contract. Now, how you validate, it is free. You can go to the Universal Postal Union, and I will include that site on my vendor validation reference list that you can download. Um, so you can check that, and you can also go to Google Earth at google.com earth, again, because you want to verify that that address is real. So in summary today, we have looked at five different areas where there are different validations for non-U.S. vendor validations. The first one is the legal name and tax ID. And that one actually is similar to, to U.S. vendors where you validate uh, the tax ID and the legal name on the IRS website, except instead of validating using a W-9, you will validate using the W-8 form that is applicable for that particular vendor. Next, we looked at validation for the OFAC, specially designated nationals list. And again, there you will validate using the legal name on the IRS applicable W-8 form. 
Next, we looked at additional tax registration numbers that although vendor maintenance may not need to file, the tax team may need to file for these additional taxes. So we want to make sure they are accurate. We looked at the VAT tax, we looked at GST and HST for Canada. We looked at GST and HST for India. And we also looked at the business number for Canada. Next, we reviewed the banking details where the required documents were the vendor letterhead or the vendor bank letter or a company branded banking setup form, which I recommended. We talked about the SWIFT or the BIC code that is required for non-EU countries. And then we also talked about the IBAN, which is required for the EU countries plus Norway, Switzerland, Liechtenstein, and Hungary. And the last validation we talked about was the address. Now, all of these validations, the IRS with the legal name and tax ID, OFAC and the specially designated nationals list, the tax registration numbers, the bank details, and also the address are really serve two purposes to ensure that the vendors are real and then also to make sure that we are in compliance in any reporting either by the vendor maintenance team for 1042s or by the tax team to report or recoup sales taxes can be done accurately. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 18th episode of Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for instructions on how to download the vendor validation reference list with the links to all the resources I talked about on the podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. As promised, I will tell you how you can win a Putting the AP in Happy coffee mug. And this is a great podcast to do that on because in order to get the links I talked about today, you need to download the vendor validation reference list. And when you download that vendor validation reference list, you will be added to the email list for subscribers. And all subscribers that are registered will be included on a monthly drawing that is done on the first of every month and the winner will get a putting the AP in happy coffee mug. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.